0: Hey, everybody. So, this is my official announcement as I was thinking this over. After some friendly advice from family and friends, including my appointed partner in writing, Audrey, I decided to call it official. Rather than making all these fanfics and such, this is just my own version of hell. So long as nothing is exactly the same as the world Vivziepop Pop has laid out, I can make my own worlds of lust, pride, greed, and wrath. Now, granted, they won't be named, those rings, for very specific reasons. I'll be changing those up, as well as a lot around here. But boy, let me tell you, these next few tales are sure to be simply incredible. So I hope you stick around, and I'll talk to you a little bit at the end. (laughs) Azazel sniffed the air his charcoal black cowboy gear spurring in the wind, and his flaming skull looking everywhere. Hmm. Now this could be rather interesting. His standalone charcoal black gear definitely cut through the green and purple of the forest. His rugged, violet, and silver-studded western style clashed with the Aztec society, and Diamond Jack strode forward, his rifle loaded ready. Hmm, let's be real here, bud. I'm the guy to kill that bugger. You leave this to me. As Azelnut, I'm only here to retrieve that silly little scientist girl. The Sin Hunter is all yours. The two set a course, following the pathway to the central square town. But far above through the trees, Jack sensed this new presence of his dark red doppelganger. Hmm, something's off. Dr. Cynthia turned away from Navarre's lesson, speaking now in a more crude but basic language. Please excuse me, Navarre. She walked over to Jack and looked out. What is it? Who's out there? Jack squinted, his eyes darkening into a violet shade. Thankfully, it's not Morpheus. He wouldn't dare to come here. No, I think it may be Azazel. But not even he's giving me bad vibes. Dr. Cynthia recoiled at the name. Azazel. The prince of a ring literally named Wrath. His fiery skull etched across everything. There was no telling what he would do to them. What do you mean? Jack clutched the top of his hat. I guess a sense of... Me? How is that even possible? But before very long, they turned and immediately set off into the Aztec temples far above the mountains. Down below, Azazel was checking out the locals, and for a flaming skeleton in black western gear, he was quite hospitable towards the folks. Man, now these here folks are quite polite. Really reminds me of them olden days, huh, Red? But when Azazel turned, his spurs clicking on the tiled road, Diamond Jack was nowhere to be found. Uh, Red? Where'd you go? Diamond Jack was already plodding a course through the forest, cutting through anything that stood in his path. He surged forward in the open, and then immediately moved, keeping out of sight of his target. Diamond Jack ascended the hill and right into something strange. A tripwire of sorts, hidden ever so carefully under the undergrowth. He cut through it with a single laser from his fingertip. But when he did, three masked warriors jumped from the forest and slammed him to the ground. Try as he might, Diamond Jack was unable to get up. However, when the natives tried to spray a toxic gas in the air to kill him, he started up, kicking through his attackers. After all, what good is oxygen for someone who doesn't have a nose or mouth to take in the life-giving air? Diamond Jack parried and blocked the natives' clubs with his rifle, before shoving them all together and piercing all three with a single bullet, straight through. Diamond Jack pulled his scarf up over his voice box, and then turned and sprinted towards the mountains and the ancient mines where Jack, Dr. Cynthia, and Navarre stood. Although Diamond Jack did question his past and memories, Unlike other pathetic robots, he never desired freedom. Like an ant, he believed in faith and loyalty only to Morpheus, exploiting his rage into threats to his master. Jack entered through first, poking his pistol in the dark. Okay, we're clear. Come on, everybody. Dr. Cynthia, armed with a machete, and Navarre with barbed wire wrapped in gloves, followed. His hands were fine, but anyone who took a hit would be badly scarred. The trio walked slowly, but Jack lowered his gun cautiously and calmly when he saw the massive mine tracks that ascended through the temple. Some tracks and trails slid out of view deep into the mountains, while others circled in loops and into stations for depositing salt rocks. Salt rocks, if you must know, are the pride value of this ring. Still haven't decided on a name yet, but we're going to get back to that. But the most beautiful thing of all was a small pond that had formed at the bottom, surrounded by leaves, even trees from the jungle, and vines extending down from the ceiling and covering many stone structures at the temple. It was sort of like a lush cave within an Aztec temple, if you can think of it that way. At the very center, however, there sat a throne made of pure, solid gold. Some of the gold had been weathered and worn, and vines covered most of the structure. Jack stepped forward and found, sitting on a sacrificial altar at the throne, A black, skull-handled cutlass. The blade was serrated and coated in some strange black liquid. Navarre immediately shrieked when he saw the sword and backed away, eyes widened. Dr. Cynthia turned around and tried to calm him. Jack turned, almost grabbing the handle. What is it, Navarre?" Jack asked. Navarre calmed, then spoke in a shaky and hesitant voice. That blade is very bad. The withering bite. Said to dissolve its sacrifice to ash and bone. Jack turned again to see the blade. Dissolve sacrifices, huh? Jack swung his hand around and snatched the cutlass from the table, holding it up to the sunlight. But beyond Jack's view, the eyes and mouth of the skeleton handguard glowed with purple light. Jack looked into the blade and smiled. Wow. Cool sword. But then he saw something else that made his heart almost leap. Him in red with a giant rifle in the reflection of the blade. Get down! Jack yelled. A gunshot fired overhead, scattering the birds and anima animals far below in the pond into cover. Diamond Jack reloaded his rifle anxiously and shot again, an exorcist bullet skimming the ground at Dr. Cynthia's foot. When she saw Diamond Jack, however, she stopped, eyes widened in horror. Oh, no, 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 not him of all people. Jack charged forward, ducking under the club-like rifle swing and smashing into his doppelganger. They rolled around for a hot second, then flipped up at the same time in the same stance. Jack tilted his head to one side, as did Diamond Jack. What the heck? The doppelganger charged forward, and the two engaged in fisticuffs, with Jack struggling to win. But thankfully, the Sin Hunter managed to get the upper hand. He swung around behind at his attacker and charged, slamming Diamond Jack over the ledge into the cavern's walkway. The two tumbled through the air, parrying and blocking the other's attacks. Jack finally locked his opponent into a position and stopped. Who the heck do you think you are? Navarre scrambled for a switch on one of the tracks at the working station and flipped it. Please let a cart catch him before he splats, he muttered. Jack slammed into a passing minecart and threw Diamond Jack's steel back into the rim. There was a sickening crack, but the Scarlet Sin Hunter swung around, locking Jack into a headlock. Jack struggled to maintain his breath when he reached for the withering bite. He slammed its hilt repeatedly into Diamond Jack's chest until the two collapsed, exhausted from the pain. Jack slashed through his opponent's cloaks, shredding it. Diamond Jack tried to line up for one more shot, but Jack kicked him off the edge of the cart, sending the dopred dark red doppelganger tumbling into the darkness of the caves. Jack covered the scratch on his arm then put the blade onto his back. He jumped like a wolf from cart to passing cart and landed on top of the throne. He finally grabbed hold and swung over panting and gasping for air but standing before him was Azazel holding Dr. Cynthia. Navar had bloody gloves and was unconscious with a knife in his back and Azazel had a nasty scar down one of his skeletal eyes. Jack ran forward, although injured, and he threw a punch, but Azazel simply swung around and smashed his elbow into Jack's face. The Sin Hunter tumbled backwards, stunned. Nice getting getting to meet you for the first time, Sin Hunter. Don't worry, I'll be escorting your pretty little sidekick back home from here. Azazel jumped off of the ledge and grabbed onto a ladder hung from a camouflaged chopper. Jack blasted the ammunition out of his gun, denting and even shooting down the co-pilot, but despite his best efforts, the helicopter took off towards the dolt golden elevator doors, leaving Jack alone in the temple. He tried to stumble forward, but his leg felt funny. He collapsed and smacked into the stone brick floor. floor. Come on, get up. get up. Jack growled to himself, but as he did, he heard a cough from behind. Navar, Jack said, and he turned and limped over to his friend. Navar had the overlord's bullet in his chest, and he had lost too much blood. I'm sorry, Jack, but it looks like I failed you. Jack shook his head. No, you're all right. You helped as best you could. Navar smiled, and then sighed, his tattoos slowly fading in color. Thank you, Jack. I know you will do us proud. All of us. Jack sighed, then closed the warrior's eyes. You've done all you can, pal. I can't think of a better way to go out than than honoring and symbolizing your people. Rest well, because you've earned it. Jack made an effort to stand back up, then immediately grabbed his new sword off his back and used it as a crutch. Okay, clearly I can't watch without a crutch. Oh, figures. Also, my speaking is terrible today. But despite his injuries, he had made a friend. In hell of all places, where no one could be trusted. Jack stood through the pain, beating back tears and blood. He wrapped up his wounds and staggered towards the exit, looking out over the hills. He said not a word, but set off into the forest, in search of a way to get to the last place they thought they'd be safe. Envy. It's no deciding on a name. No one ever went to Envy, and for good reason. That place was an RGB gamer-lit geode of gemstones and glittering treasure. But in his current state, Jack was in too much pain to fight. His only focus was to find help and then go. On his checklist of things to do, underneath, crash a corrupt business opening, and get out of hell, Jack wearily scribbled a new objective. Save my friend. It was at least a few hours later when Jack finally descended down the rocky cliff face and entered the thick, lively jungle. The trees blocked most of the sunlight, casting strange shadows and mysterious lighting across the jungle floor. Jack limped as best he could through the overgrowth, until he was forced to stop, upon that with a strange surprise. A tripwire, snapped from some kind of bullet. Jack knelt down as best he could manage, and inspected the trigger trap. What on earth could have done this, he asked himself. But before he could continue, the same strange warriors that fought Diamond Jack leapt for every corner of the woods and brandished their clubs and blow darts. But even to the natives, it came to a surprise when Jack began to speak and fell from weakness. Uh, The natives looked to one another, and then debated about what they should do. I'll be real with you, making an entire language is difficult, so I'll spare you the details. They agreed to take Jack to their home, deep within the forest, and off they went, hauling this strange assassin with them. Deeper and darker they went, the light of day slowly shrinking into twilight, when they reached a pool of water, centered within a clearing. You would not find this anywhere on any map, for the Nada, Jack created this place as a gateway to their safe haven. The now known Nidajek tribe led Jack to rest in the pool, and then walked into the woods, slinking back to their own home. They had no quarrel with the people beyond their understanding, but they did sense something significant about this captive. Jack sat up slowly, blinking as he did. He was wearing his usual attire as he would in the living world, rugged jeans, boots, a camo jacket, and his fedora. His face was uncloaked, meaning that something was unusual about this place. Jack turned around and was met with strange figures of all signs, of all kinds. They were tattooed and masked with cloaks and mystical armor of varying sizes and shapes. But the key detail was that no one looked exactly the same as the other. Jack walked forward and asked the simple question, Where am I? But as he stepped forward, his leg burst with cuts and scrapes from all of his battles. He fell forward, sending his chest to collapse with blood. Everything roared in pain, and Jack suddenly gazed up and saw the gods moving in around him chanting as they did. Jack looked all around, and then suddenly, it stopped. The nightmare was over. He had been healed, and now Jack was in a white void, endless in every direction. But when Jack turned around again, he saw a familiar face, one he hadn't seen since his days in the living world. Dad? he asked. Jack's father, a rugged man of about 45, with hair on his arms and a rifle in one hand, turned at his son's voice. Jack, is that you, son? Jack ran forward, and the two embraced for what seemed like the very last time. Jack, good to see you, kid. Jack blinked back his tears, willing himself to be strong. It's good to see you too, Dad. Jack's dad lifted the Sin Hunter into the air, whisking his fedora off. You still wearing that old thing? Come on, Jack, I thought you hated your uncle for that hat. Jack laughed. <laughs> still look good, regardless of what a crap sack he was. His dad nodded, then set him down. So, boy, when are you coming up here with the rest of your family? Jack sighed. Yeah, about that. His dad stopped. Oh, Jack, what happened? How'd you go down and not up? Jack rubbed the back of his head. I never did anything wrong, I swear. I was guilty until proven innocent. That rule can go down there with you! His father roared, slamming his fist into the white floor. His breathing gradually subsided, and he regained his control. Sorry, it's just, well, it's not really a way for you to come here. Unless you were to die in a good and proper way, you can't ever see me or your family again. Jack nodded. I know, I'm working on that. I promise I will find a way to you and mom, and everyone else. You can guarantee that. Jack's father smiled through his thin beard and laughed. Well, well, growing up and using the old things I taught you. Jack nodded, and he felt reality drifting back. The job's not done, Jack said, as he and his father shook hands. Till you say it's done.